everyone. Hi. To another podcast episode, the Black Create Connect podcast, where I bring on the most incredible, accomplished black creative entrepreneurs and just incredible individuals, even people from my network as well. Mm. And today I have Jess D. Thank you. I'm just gonna clap for myself. I'm just gonna clap for myself. I feel very honoured to be here. Oh. Honestly, guys, I've travelled like across wow. across the seven seas to get I know, here. I know. I'm so grateful, especially because just um, to let you guys know, Jess is the first guest ever to be in my home. I'm so privileged. It's such a nice home as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I'm looking around, I was like, bits, because I'm redecorating right now. So I was like, I want to get that, I want to get this, I want to get this. Take all the ideas you want. <laughs> like, this, is, this is all just inspiration from Instagram. So just take anything Fine. you want. Cool. <laughs> but um, I mean, you, I haven't had a guest like you before. Okay. <laughs> I said this to every single guest, by the way, because I like to get a new, new guest. But for those that don't know, Jess is a social media content creation consultant. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? For those oh, that don't know. Oh, maybe unicorn. So basically, I've been in the social media um, industry for about eleven years. So I basically, work with different like businesses, like um, alcohol brands, beauty brands, and work on their social strategy, work on their content strategy, and kind of grow their brands from there. At mm, the moment, mm. so I kind of fell into it through uni. I was just quite good at social. I got like a good understanding of it, and right. I went freelance in 2018. I have dipped back and gone back into full time, um, mm-hmm. but um, I'm just a bit of a freelance baby. I work in contracts, and that's mm-hmm. how I've been able to grow, and that's allowed me to work on my other projects, which are several. I'm super busy all the time. I know. So yeah, I so know. that's basically what it is in a nutshell. It's a bit more detail than that but it's just the easiest way it's friday night you know we've we've got a whole hour or so just to dig deep into what it is that you do and how you work and everything so don't worry it's fine okay cool her face went "Eh," as if to be like "Eh." it's it's, it's a bit too long but it's fine we we have time to kind of delve into it but first like basically all my guests i like to go back 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 to like before uni when they were growing up um, so I guess where where were you raised, by the way? So I'm a West London baby. So okay. I, was, I was no one ever knows where this is, but I grew up in Isaac, so basically Hounslow, so Borough uh-huh. Hounslow, so West London, and I've grown up there my whole life. So um, it's a mixture of people, more kind of like skewed to more like the Asian um, kind of background and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. grew up with a lot of Asian people around me, a mm-hmm. little bit more black, but kind of like. That's why I grew up, and um, mm-hmm. West. I'm a West London baby, like through yeah. and through. Um, so, yeah. when you were growing up, what type of things were you kind of into? What, what, what were your? I guess, yeah, just it's good to know what your hobbies. I were was into. super creative, so I was always drawing, okay. always drawing. Um, I loved color. I loved fashion. Um, I loved music as well. So I was kind of like, like taking in like media and kind of understand pop culture. That was yeah. really, really into that and just creative and I've just kind of didn't know where I fit like I knew I didn't want to go like the whole I guess traditional route and like I remember when we were picking for our GCSEs and they were telling us to kind of like think about your career when you're about 15 16 mm. I didn't know what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to do something creative mm. but I also wanted to do something where I could get a job because yeah. I'm from an African background anyway I'm from Ga- my parents from well, I'm from Ghana anyway yeah. so you wanted to get a something that you'd get a job afterwards yeah, because yeah. I wanted to be secure so I had that kind of inner turmoil which kind of played me 
um, throughout my life, but it was also really good to help me get to the journey where I am now. Yeah. Um, so when I was picking my GCSEs, I ha- half of it was creative and the other half was academic. And like, are we doing art? Because I, I just felt free when I was being creative. And yeah. it just was like, instinctual you know yeah 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 like so question when when you say that you wanted to do something where you can get a job afterwards and that's why you did the academic side did you ever see anyone around you from the black community or anyone or any influences that you thought you're doing something in creative and you're making money and you're doing really well at that or did you not see that not really because when i when i was in my gcse's it was 2005 2006 2007 around that time mm-hmm. so like social media was just starting but it wasn't what it was now mm-hmm. the only things i saw people around me doing were like law lawyers business my mum was a midwife so that's what mm-hmm. i saw i wanted to do that when i was little because you want to be like your mum mm-hmm. but i just i wasn't feeling it mm-hmm. so the easiest route when i was applying to university was business with marketing because I was always interested in marketing and ads as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, okay, that allows me to be flexible because I was like, I don't know what I want to do really, but okay, this will allow me to go into different fields. Should I want to pick a later on? Mm-hmm. I did look at fashion design. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I hated sewing, even though I loved doing art, hated it. And I looked at it and you had to kind of like do like, back then unpaid internships and some of the yeah. uni's were far away and I wasn't about that I wasn't about to struggle mm. to do that so, <laughs> so I was like you no you, you didn't want it that <laughs> I didn't want yeah. it that no no it wasn't about that so okay okay so back then because the thing is it's interesting that, that you say you didn't see much careers in creative back then I feel like it depends on who you're surrounded by and like who you, who you saw because I feel like I saw that mainly with okay i don't even remember um young voices magazine you don't remember young, young voices magazine uh, you have to, i i grew up like more like <sighs> where so that was maybe a south thing yeah it so, probably was yeah because i wasn't around like our culture i was around like more of our culture more when i went to like obviously high school but like more like when i went to i went to brunel uni so i was okay. seeing all of that and my school was pushing us more cause my school was one of the top in the borough was pushing us to go to oh, Oxbridge, so kind of Oxford and Cambridge, and we're only pushing like we were science specialist school, right. so pushing that kind I of see, thing. I so see. whenever we people who would want to be interested, like in um, arts and the creative and media studies, they would kind of deem it as not a serious subject. They used right. to use the word Mickey Mouse subject, really Mickey Mouse subject. So a lot of us were really creative, but we wanted, but they say, oh, you won't get a good job, Mickey Mouse subject. When you go into the office, it was, they were basically programming, programming us to do that. Um, and me and my sister went to the same school and she was saying the same thing because she's, um, she's a creative as well. Mm. And it was quite damaging. I don't know how they do it now, mm. but it was very damaging because I was like, this is just not me. I felt mm. very stifled. I was like, um, in my borough, you could go to the other schools to do like courses. I was like, I want to try photography. But like, what job do you get for photography at the time? You're going to struggle. It was always like a struggling artist. And mm. I didn't want that because I've come from um, a household where my parents came to this country and they struggled and they got to where they are. And I saw that and I didn't want that for yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't see what you're saying. Like the guys are telling me about what they went through when they were, like the guys from like East and South mm. got that. I didn't get that from where I grew particularly, you know, because wow. there wasn't a lot of 
like black people it was more like Asian focused and like where I grew up yeah so how did that have an impact on how you connected with black culture for you like growing up obviously you know you grew up in a Ghanaian household but your wider surroundings were not I didn't feel like I fitted because I liked like I had like um, when I went to high school there were black people that were coming back from like like Carl's and Bush, we call it Shepherds, like Bush, Shepherds, Bush and stuff like that. Yeah. And I knew them, so we were cool and everything, but some of the stuff they went through, I didn't go through. I was a lot of, around a lot of Asian and white people, so I didn't fit. So when I'm listening to, like, I'm very into my music, hip-hop and stuff mm. like that, with some of the people I grew up with, they weren't into that, so I felt mm. like an alien a little bit as yeah. well. So I was just like, I'm trying to connect with people, my Ghanaian culture, and you'll see with the other form, some of the other people, but they knew each other from, like, um, growing up from different areas so I was like this mm. so that's why I kind of predominantly made it that when I went to university I was around a lot more black people yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so that's when I went to Brunei and I was like I felt like a sigh of relief that's <laughs> interesting that you say that because my youngest sister now she's gone to like a predominantly black university and she went to a predominantly I guess non-black school her whole time and she went to the exact same thing she was like yeah yeah you feel like an alien yeah. and it's, I think it's very important that my boyfriend went through the same thing like he went he's mixed and he went through a predominantly white school mm. so he was just like we were trying to find our people mm. and he went he kind of found that later on in life there were black people but it's just kind of like because I haven't grown up with them other mm. than my cousins and stuff like that from and you're trying to connect mm. it's you feel stifled, you feel like you're behind. Mm. So some of the stuff you're saying, young boy, ah, I have no clue. <laughs> I, really? I, I don't know what you're That's talking about. Interesting. Do you not know what you're talking about? So what was it like for you when you went to Brunei University and you was like, oh my goodness, black people, like, you know, like in your classes everywhere. How has that changed for you? Did you still kind of feel like an outsider because no, you hadn't been around? Because, no, because I, I, by sixth form, I was around more black people. Like, I was okay. going out and everything like that. But and I knew people from like home and stuff like that. But just I was like, oh, so I finally mm. can talk about things like that. I can talk about like there were obviously black people in my school and talk about like hair and things like that. Yeah. But I was just like, okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna shine, you know. And I I went to like um, ECS and stuff like that. And yeah, I was, yeah. Anything, even when I was in like year ten and year eleven, anything I could do that was black, I was doing it, you know. And it, yeah. anything I could get into. And so with that, I really thrived. But at the same time, still felt like an alien because I think a bit differently. Like the whole content creation, all social media thing around that first year of uni, I was starting to get into it. I didn't know anyone. So I had to, again, okay, I've started to get my people. That's fine. I'm still an alien. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel different? Like I always knew that I I was going to go a different path career-wise or just in life. But I was just like, hmm, I need to find my tribe. And that's why I spent the next four years in uni just doing okay so when you were in uni i guess aside from studying business marketing did you get involved in any other creative projects to start enhancing your creative skills tell us about that tell us about what you did um because i feel like when you graduated was a time social media started to emerge yeah so talk talk to us about that process so i started brunel in about 2009 and i've always been really into like computers and digital because my parents were very switched up we had computers and all that kind of new media we used to get it straight away at home so i think about year 13 i was into kind of like retail and e-commerce marketing advertising really started to get into it mm. and then i started going on these websites and you know, people were showing them carrying like their fashion 
Um, there was a website called lookbook.new and mm-hmm. I was showcasing like different fashions. I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And that's when blogs started to pop up. Wow. I was like, and then YouTube, and I was watching all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, I haven't got the equipment for YouTube because back then you need to have like a decent camera. Yeah. And I just had like a digital camera. It wasn't very good in terms of recording. I didn't have the equipment. And yeah. back then you need to have like all the Adobe stuff. Didn't have that. Yeah. But I, I knew how to cut and edit, basically. And then about two years later, about 2011, um, day between Valentine's Day, because I kept talking about doing the vlog and I didn't do it. Mm. My sister's like, you're not going to do it, knowing that she's going to like challenge me, knowing I'm going to do it. And I was like, no, I'm going to launch a vlog. And I launched a vlog and I started posting like... What, video or um, written? Written, because okay. I can write. So I hate writing, but I'm actually quite good at it. Right, okay. Which is my job. But I was just like, started taking pictures of outfits, top of my stairs, couple of clothes, because I'm always into fashion. I know like how to put things together. And the reason I did that is because I didn't have a voice. I didn't feel visible. And that's yeah. literally the theme of my, of my life as well. I wanted to see people like me because we were still reading magazines. No one look, really looked like me. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started doing that. Ended up getting into the community. And that's when I discovered like Twitter. When I was in my business course, we had to do Twitter in 2010. I said, like, what is 2010? this? Yeah. Okay. And then I was just like, this is rubbish. This is stupid. Right? It's, it doesn't make sense. And then I, I thought, thought I, to be honest with you, I felt the same same way about Twitter when it yeah. first came about. And I was yeah. just like, okay, this is stupid. This doesn't make sense. And then I got into the blogging and Facebook communities of blogging, mm. and then that's how I started to get friends and kind of find out all these like different networks. Mm. So I changed my name and I just grew my Twitter. And I was like, I love this. That's how I was getting opportunities, getting invited to like events for brands. You know? From twenty ten. Yeah. I've been, so I've, so been on, I've been on like Twitter for a bit. So, so what did you do? Like when? You, okay, so you you got on Twitter. And this is the reason why I'm going to ask you to break down different social media platforms is so that we have an understanding from an expert's perspective, you know? <laughs> so you jump on Twitter, you're like, what is this platform? How do you figure out what it can be used for? So I'm going to take a step back. There used to be a website called um, The Student Room. I think it's still popping. Okay. And it was like literally a thread about like fashion bloggers and things like that. Mm. So um, people were saying, yeah, just post your blog post on there and just use like, fashion like hashtags like it was fbl um, that's my one sorry we'll get into that f bloggers bb bloggers f bloggers if you're a fashion blogger bb bloggers if you're a beauty blogger so when everyone that just keep putting that on and just retweeting and commenting on people's on, on student room yeah they said go and put on twitter uh, and then and also i was on facebook groups as well about bloggers and stuff like that and they were saying yeah just do that as well so i was doing that and then interacting with other people on twitter and then growing as well and um just how you do twitter now and just kind of growing or following becoming like a bit of a voice yeah. in um um what was it in blogging so this is about 2011 2012 time and then around that, I was like, I don't know anyone in blogging. So I created my own, like, influencer community, blogging community then called Fashion Beauty Lifestyle Bloggers, FBL mm. Bloggers on Twitter. It was called Fash Beauty Life. And what was really popular back then were Twitter chats as well. So people talking about topics and then using the oh. hashtag. At least to trend every Tuesday at 8, eight o'clock. Go wild, worldwide viral and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I got attention a few um, other people on that. Um, I actually met Steve Bartlett a few years ago because Steve of Bartlett? Yeah, really? I mean, because of all of that. And um, yeah, because I, I used to go viral and I had a big like community. It's still though, I don't interact with it. And and a Facebook group because people sharing their, um, their posts. And I used to allow people to host Twitter chats about different topics of blogging. So how to work with brands, like mm. what content is 
um, going to be great for you, your niche. So I've been knowing all this information from early. I just didn't know how to monetize it. I was just like a right. 22-year-old, you know what I mean? So this, so this was just an interest for you? Yeah, yeah it was an interest. It was just, I was just happy about the numbers. I was growing this organically. And then my sister was like, people pay for this, but like 20-year-old, 21-year-old me was like, I know it's doing business, but I don't know how to do it. So question, in regards to, question, in regards to um, your, the content that you were doing, like on Twitter, how did you, like, what was it about your content? So I know you had your, the trend, you had the, tw- the chats, but what is it that you were saying? What was the context of what you were um, I was just giving advice in terms of um, how to grow your following, what type of content works, resources to help your content as well, and directing people back to um, my other Twitter, Fash Beauty Life, to grow. Mm. I'd also say if you want to get visible or you want to kind of um, host chats, um, this is how you do it. I basically built a community. That's it. That was what I was doing. Okay, people cool. knew me as that person. Okay, got you, got and then you. after that, people were following, creating their own communities. Right, but mine was one of the biggest right. as well. Like I kind of okay. created that pattern. Okay. So um, it's wild because I have to think about over 10 years ago about what happened. But that was the key. The key to my success back then is the fact that I grew a community mm. and network. I was really in it as well. And I started quickly to get an understanding of what social media was and how mm. to create specific content for different platforms mm. very very quickly okay okay cool so after twitter what was the next one for you uh facebook though as well which was at that back at that time facebook was really great so i was growing that facebook group but i was still like a bit of a blogger and about 2012 mm. instagram really hit off with me but i didn't take it instagram seriously back then no just, one did though because yeah it was like I, I mean i didn't understand what social media would have been today mm, i was just then. posting pictures and yeah. things like that and people were really taking it seriously but i was like ah oh, it's fine i've got twitter i'm growing on twitter mm. then i was by this time in 2012 i was doing an internship with samsung as well doing marketing and i was watching um, instagram i was like i need to get on this properly and that's when i started like posting images and stuff like that but Brands were still focusing on getting links on their website. Yeah. So my blog was kind of like growing, you know, mm-hmm. so it was still focusing on that. So about 2014, 2015, that's when I started to really kick and do like more like proper shoots. I'd get a photographer and do like fashion you, shoots. You get a photographer to do fashion shoots? Honestly, I'll take it seriously at that. Really? Because I was working and I knew that people were working with brands and sending people stuff. So by this time I was working with brands periodically. But I was working with brands like Super Dry, um, Next, New Look, because because my photos I took it from like probably taking it in my house um, to go. We were working with other influencers, like taking photos, and we'd have the big cameras back in the day, the proper yeah, cameras, because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, the phones still weren't good. Yeah, and just even because like, I was working in marketing by the time, a lot of us were influencers. Lunchtime takes a couple of pictures you know really? I took it really seriously and because I took it seriously and the writing and the links and that's when I started to get a bit more knowledge mm. and I would be promoting myself so hard brand and networking with like these kind of brands that's when they'll be working with sending me stuff doing pay who paid came sporadically but like sending me stuff I was making a name for myself um and around this time I started to kind of focus more onto the career of social media marketing rather than being like an influence because by then still it was 
brands were focusing more on the YouTubers. Mm. They weren't doing Instagrammers because you mm. can get like, they could track it, you know, return on investment and stuff with YouTube being a Google product. So it was, um, so I was just like, they're not even paying people correctly. I'm working in social yeah. media now and I was like, I'm not, I'm not about, again, to struggle for my money. So yeah, I was just like, yeah. so what, I guess back then, so you started, I guess, monetizing in 2014, 15? Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. What was the going rates back then for like post and tagging? Just to educate us, just to, just so that we know for where like it's... a blog post, it'll be like anything between fifty to one hundred and fifty pounds for a blog post. Okay, that was for me. Like I, I got it. Sometimes you wouldn't even get that. Sometimes you'd get like they'll be trying to ask you for twenty five pounds for a post. For some people, it was ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Um, it just depended, but like. Yeah, fifty. I remember between fifty to one hundred fifty. I saw I'd get like periodically, but they just wanted to mm. give give you stuff, right for free for you to just basically promote. Free, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not really for free, really. Yeah. Like it's gifting. You don't have to promote. But I'm gonna promote because I'm a fashion at the time. I was yeah, a fashion yeah. blogger, so I would always be doing that. And they're like really pushing affiliate links. So yeah. obviously, it takes a while to get see a return investment. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. still important. Um, but YouTubers was where the money was at. Like. Obviously, I wasn't on YouTube, so I don't know how much they were making. But I know some of the people were making a lot of money. But, like, people like Patricia Bright, she said she didn't make money until, like, after three years. Like, when she really? was... Yeah. It was... There was a lot a lot of lack of knowledge in the industry from brands as well. Yeah. Um, they would they would expect influencers to either buy the product and then promote it. Right. Still, okay. still some of them think that. They would just be like, there wouldn't be proper briefs coming right, there. Right. And that's me, like, 23, 24, like, kind of using my knowledge saying, no, you have to do certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then the, a lot of the people that were savvy about working with brands were obviously the Americans and the Australians. They had, like, kind of sorted the game out. UK was still really behind back How? then. How? Like, why Like why were they ahead? What was it that they, that they were doing? I think they were big in terms of, like, you know, like, the YouTubers that back then were kind mm. of, like... They had started it, they'd grown the platform, like, and then they were kind of educating, like, mm. a lot of the people. Mm. But again, the, U- the UK brands weren't, like, there. And then, and then also in the UK, it was the parent bloggers, especially the mummy bloggers, and then the uh, guys, like, tech bloggers and stuff like yeah, that, who yeah. will say, no, you got to pay me, and this is how much I'm worth. And yeah. that's when they started being the media, coming to put a bit more of a kind of a yeah, professional angle to it yeah. it was the fashion and beauty bloggers back then that were suffering more because really? yeah, yeah yeah because they would just take oh my god they're sending me um these designers i used to get loads of designer stuff yeah like what designer clothes yeah yeah like at all like things that cost like really like the super dry jacket that i got once was 300 pounds mm. to buy and mm. then i was speaking to someone that worked in the industry and he goes yeah it might be 300 pounds to buy but it's about 30 pounds to make also yeah 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 and also if you're promoting it how much money are they making from you exactly because if i put the link i put affiliate link i can see the sales but you never know someone might see the link someone else might see the link over there someone else might and they've made a lot more sales do you know what i mean yeah yeah. so it was one of those ones whereby back then i'd got like savvy but i was still kind of grateful for that for a brand to work for me yeah yeah, and i was just like i'm Kind of spending my time. I bought a camera for my birthday for this. Mm. I'm not really. It was my mom at school, and she goes, "This is good. It's great, but where's the return on investment?" And mm. like community that I'd grown, I'd done some campaigns here with brands and everything like that. Got paid, mm. which was great, but it wasn't like if I had that 
the savviness of me now, like thirty one year old, I would be I'll be making way more money now. Really? Way more. How though? What would you be doing? Like what specific things? I would have done an online I would have done an online course straight away. I would have kind of taken my knowledge and done consulting like I do now. So you like, created an online course to teach others? I would have done that because I was giving this knowledge out for free. Right. So I would have kind of like kind of launched an online course as well just to kind of teach people what I'm doing as well. Probably got on YouTube and hired, you know, like a studio. Then I would have taken that knowledge and gone to consult with like different digital agencies on their campaign and how to work with influencers. Right. And just basically what I'm doing now. Right, right. We earlier, basically. And then, uh, then I wouldn't have had to kind of traditionally work, you know, because some people were a bit more savvy in it and there. And I don't regret my journey. But some people kind of like started event companies and mm. kind of like were able to build their profile as well. Mm. I think it would have helped like other little like little girls see someone else kind of doing that. But again, it wasn't like the the lack of belief. It was the lack of knowledge. I had to work in um, yeah. in my, the corporate way yeah. to kind of understand how it is now. That was my journey. Yeah, but yeah. I don't regret it now. Mm. But. I'm just saying, like, people saying to me, there's money in this, there's money in this, there's money in this. And at that time, I just wanted friends. <laughs> I just wanted, really? I just wanted, so yeah. You just, you I just wanted, I just wanted, like, influencer friends. I made a lot of them my good friends now, some best friends. I just wanted influencer friends. I wanted to feel visible. I wanted to be part of something. That's so, why but, I started. But why do you want to be friends with them? Why not just, you want to just network, have a working relationship, and that's it? Why did you want to be friends? No, because I just felt like I wanted to be with other people that understood being a creative. I had friends, I had loads of friends, but being a creative, go in terms of that interest in fashion, like loved my friends, he was still my friends there, but that passion for like fashion and creative and just being a creative in the way I think. Some of my friends who sort of content creators, like my friend Shah, for example, we can just talk and she'll get it creatively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Sometimes you can create, like, if I speak like that, like, my sister's creative, she gets it. But, uh, for example, like, if I speak to one of my best friends, Natalie, about that creative, she'll think that's a good idea, but she's not a creative, so she didn't wow. get it. So it was a lot of frustration for me not yeah. being around those circles and yeah. these networks just to kind of, all right, this is a call, let's collaborate and do yeah, something. Yeah, and it's fun understood. for me, it's not work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... I just wanted to be part of like a new network and be around different people and okay. that's that's all I wanted. I was happy at that time, but then it just there was after a while it wasn't enough for me. There was no return on investment in terms of okay, where am I going? Because I've been in the same place for a long time and I'm yeah. not happy with what I'm doing. Wait, when you was doing content creation, were you still working full time as well? Yeah. What were you doing full time? I was working social media marketing. Oh, so, so you so you was doing something similar anyway. Yeah, so basically when I my first job out of uni was I was working at this voucher code company and I was the social media manager straight out, not even exact straight out. They didn't have anyone in the UK office and I grew their social media quickly on Facebook. How, like, what was what are the nuggets? Like when if, so for brand for brands that are listening out there, for anyone that's growing their company, how do they grow their brand? on social media so at the time i didn't know what it was <laughs> um basically i created the social media audit so i looked at all of their social media channels that they were doing mm. and i just basically looked at what was working and what wasn't mm. so then i created a social media strategy mm. harnessing basically um harnessing basically what they wanted to say and what we could do better based on what their competitors are doing so their mm. competitors that that brand i was looking at 
was voucher codes for example right so i look at what their channels were doing and what right. we could do I see. then i'd work with the internal stakeholders okay we've got voucher code companies we've got partners what are we promoting yeah. like what are the key dates so i'll kind of drop those down in the key dates and work yeah. on the tone of voice yeah and i was like okay how are we going to stand out and be different we used to have like an office dog yeah and um we had a graphic artist so well you are you asked him for an office dog no for, no, no no there uh, was an office dog already oh, okay, okay, okay. he was called spud rest is rest in peace he's oh, dead okay. <laughs> Um, so with that, I gave them like a persona, okay, like a lot of brands do like kind of deal finder days or days where they kind of harness yeah. what's going on. And each Friday would have like a newsletter that went to like our partners and kind of like the, the key vouchers or discounts, right? right? So I was like, okay, we're going to create a persona like Spud's Corner, like he's going to be doing like deals and would get the graphic designer to put him in different locations each week, right? Mm-hmm. And then I taught myself social media paid ads on facebook taught by watching youtube <laughs> so so what do you you know with social media and paid ads if they look they seem like they're automated yeah it's, it's like what's you can so on facebook you can do automated ads but i don't so yeah. i don't because like i don't really understand i'm not a paid specialist but i know enough to have a bit more control yeah the, the key for me was to kind of push the posts that were doing well organically already because the ones that weren't doing well, well, if the content is telling me that the ton- content's not very good. Right, so if the content's doing better organically, that means if I push it even more and target it, it's going to do even better. Right. So that was, especially if you are yeah, especially if you have a limited budget, that's the best way of doing that. Mm. So each time I would just learn to kind of boost posts as well. And I'd get like a little bit of budget. I'd say to my the head of PR, give me some budget, just boost it. And I was watching YouTube and reading. I read all the time really? about like what was going on in how to do this. Like literally Facebook ads make it makes it so simple that literally if you have no like, paid ad advertising experience, you can do it. Like to be honest with you. So it was intimidating. I was like, I need to do this. And Doing that and growing and working with the money-saving influencers at the time, I was able to grow their Facebook from like 2,000 to 10,000. And uh, over what time period? How long was it there? Like four months? Really? It was easier back then though. So now, you don't think it's easier now? No, because the, the way it is with like, people are really, really utilising Facebook a lot more. This is about 2014. Mm. So people were, it was, I think, first of all, like, the content was good. I'm good at my job. The content was really good. So did you create the content as well as the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I created the content. I worked in terms of, like, the graphic design would create some of the content for me, but I would kind of say, this is what I'm going to do. And the copy I created, and I worked with the team just to kind of push things up. And then we would boost the posts as well. Mm. So because of all of that, about four or five months, we got it to about 10,000. I checked the other day and they were still like on 13,000. So that's from 2014. That's 2022. So, so, and so, There's when, when, when did you leave? I was there for like 10 months. So you grew it within that 10 months and then they just became stagnant? Well, they're still posted, but it wasn't as good as what I was doing, to be honest. It's not good. I looked at it the other day. So. so do you think it's just because, because I know you mentioned that to, to kind of create a, a social media strategy or so social media content that grows, it's looking at competitors, boosting posts that are already, are already doing well. What about companies that don't 
have content that is already doing well is it that they just need to get more creative or they need to hire people that so so when you're starting the content the thing about the content and your social media strategy you always have to keep auditing because sometimes you have to keep like every two weeks or so i'm looking at the content which sometimes you may think your content is is going to do well based on your stats and what's done previously but sometimes or maybe certain things that might stop it. Maybe it's the time you posted it. Mm. Maybe it's the copy wasn't good. Maybe the, the actual like video wasn't just hitting the mark or anything. Mm. So there's a lot of small, small factors. So when you're starting out, the, the best thing to do is to test content. Right, right, just I test see. and see what's going on and optimize, tweak bits and pieces. That was the word I was looking for. Optimize and each time you're doing social media content. Yeah. Um, but then it's also if you can if you've got the budget like just kind of get like maybe a social content like community manager someone that just gets social media and gets mm. your but also needs to get your brand so mm. if you've got like more of a, a food brand you have to teach that person your brand for example mm. so they can get that tone of voice and work with them to kind of like communicate okay this is what this is what the brand's about mm. because a lot of brands put a lot of pressure on the social media manager to carry the whole brand and the social media manager is social media team is to work with the, like, the brand team the right. marketing team the sales team for right, example right, right. we take lead from you guys and then put that social spin on it that's our channel ah, we we don't we mostly control like awareness we can help in terms of sales and push paid ads out but at the, at the again it's part of like the marketing you know funnel and things like that right it everything needs to work together in order to 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 kind of like reach your goals and it's something that takes time to yeah. grow following especially now with facebook and instagram back then you could see posts and you know the algorithm of Instagram. People hate Instagram now because you can't see your friends' posts and things. Sometimes so they I'll, want to pay. Yeah. They want you to pay. They want you to pay to push your posts as well. Like for example, oh, I've seen, do they? They want me to pay to so my friends can see my own posts. Like for example, put, they want you to put ads on. Basically, that's why the algorithm is all horrible now. Like you get more reach if you do videos, and a lot of people who are photographers and don't want to do videos don't want to do reels, but they're forcing you to do reels. Whereas TikTok, for example, we know is a straight up like video platform is easier it's lo-fi in terms of like the content you do doesn't necessarily have to be like instagram high and polished yeah, yeah, yeah. and anybody can get on it and the way they've done the algorithm it's still new we don't know if they're going to mess it up yeah your content won't be seen so on there i'm kind of new to tiktok i've got 500 followers 540 and some of my videos are getting like 2,000 views 1,500 yeah, views same and, I, and, and, and I'm confused like that other day I went on one that was like 3,000 something views I was like who's doing this on TikTok because but, it's the they, they use like um, artificial intelligence AI it's based on what you're interested in liking and tagging and things like that right, right. so because of that people are going to be served your content that's why with TikTok if I really work on it I could be big on TikTok. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you get in it early right now, but it's all about test. The content is king. Your content needs to be good for anything to kind of, for you to get some time, some traction. But Instagram, unfortunately, if you've got like pictures, they're not doing that well for some reason. So a lot of brands that you see getting a lot of likes are putting a lot of money behind. They're putting a lot of money to push their posts up because right. that's, that's how they're going to um, be seen. Get and that's likes. just how it is. Yeah. So... When you say content is king, right? So say, for example, there's a brand... Because sometimes with social media, I can I can have a block and I can be like, I don't know what else. 
we can be putting out like how do you consistently make sure apart from looking at competitors so i'm just picking your brain here like have you worked with a brand actually this is a good question because you're a freelancer have you worked with a brand and just thought i don't know what else i can do for you 100 percent. yeah have you yeah okay. honestly like that's what i tend to kind of focus now more on like right now i'm on a food and, and drinks brand i tend to do like consumer brands things that i understand i don't tend to do like social causes or anything like that anymore because it's a bit hard to kind of think of the content sometimes but um if i feel like i have a block the best thing to do when you have a block is to take a break Mm. and to refresh Mm. um in terms of getting content ideas sometimes i like to go outside of the niche i'm focusing on and look at like like other things maybe not even social media probably like i watch tv like netflix for Mm. example to get inspirational Mm. music or sometimes if you really want to go take it back to the social media things, things like Pinterest trends. Mm. Um, I can't think of the word of it right now, but TikTok has, um, what is it? Like their trends and basically what's going on in terms of like social media, what's happening as well, what's trending to jump on. Mm. But it's also kind of like not kind of overthinking it too, too much. Mm. You need to understand the anatomy of your channels. Mm. So, for example, for TikTok, TikTok is really great because it's great for, like, relatable content, but edutainment, so content that's teaching you something and it's shareable. That's what the, yeah, yeah. that platform is good for. Yeah. So, for example, I've got my beauty around by Jestie. I'm redoing my strategy right now. With Instagram, I might have, like, beautiful lifestyle pictures of their lipstick or kind of, like, models, for example. But on TikTok, I might be doing, like five ways to use your lipstick you know this is how you do a brown lip you know or and very lo-fi another girl doing it in the mirror because it's relatable content Mm. so that's that's the way you have to think about your content if your content is i can't think or anything like that take a step back and there's loads of people who are just doing like content ideas and kind of things on pinterest basically you can just kind of dab and kind of make it your own list of content ideas 50 days of content ideas as well so. okay so you, you can google these you can remix hundred percent yes as well. right now we're so lucky because there's so many resources the knowledge of social media is yeah. so good and there's yeah. a lot of pages doing those type of things whereas back then oh my god it was difficult it wasn't it was easy for me because i understand content and i can come up with ideas so quickly but the amount of tools we have we have scheduling tools we have tools to help you write copy we have tools to make you um edit videos quite quickly yeah yeah. you know we have people that can create your like content your your product videos quite quickly yeah we have everything yeah yeah we do we do even i know there's like ai copywriting tools as well i use that yeah (laughs) no i haven't used it are they are they good fantastic obviously like i know how to write so sometimes you write you write down like, what you want your post to be like sometimes when i have like a copy block um and then i'll be like okay this helps it's giving me steer in the right direction but then i will rewrite it because it is a machine right. i will rewrite it especially if i've got loads of things i need to write um i'll just tweak it as well just to give you know copy what, ideas. i need that as well you know because you i might as well invest so in much. it yeah, yeah there's loads of them that are free as well what, like, what what are some of them uh, it's called i think there's one called story lab let me double check as well okay. and copy ai i remember copy ai i've heard of yeah that's good yeah, yeah. i'm actually i've been using the free one but i think i'm gonna pay for it because you can do like ad copy um uh. instagram copy like newsletters that like, i don't like i'm very good at but i don't like it i'm same. very very good same. at it though same do, do you know what it's, it's interesting with writing with me as well i take ages to do it 
Mm. Like, when it's done, it, it's great, it's good, but it's long, like, it's very long. It's the thought that goes behind it. And, yeah, I just take so long to I write. need to be in the zone, because I was yeah. like, oh, I've got to write this. Literally, I'm like, I've got to write this. And yeah. I was like, okay, let me put some music on and get a feeling. And sometimes I have to, I'm a very visual person, so I have to look at it. I was like, okay, what's it saying to me? Okay, cool, and then right, 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 right. Yeah. But I'm out of that zone. If you take me out, I'm out of it. Yeah, do you know you've what I mean? You've got to do different tasks. Yeah, so those type of things it. can just, like, help. And yeah. just, obviously, it's not going to be... Some people are lazy and use it 100%, but sometimes you just got to kind of, you know... Yeah. Just use your own kind of creative say, is this relating to my brand? So yeah. if you time-crunched, those are perfect, perfect just to kind of, you know, just give you that kind of steer in the right direction and tweak thank you for that tip by the way it's amazing so in regards to like what what's next like what are some of the social media trends that we need to look out for that we need to be aware of apart from tiktok now which is oh my goodness um so i was actually at influencer marketing show yesterday about the trend so keep an eye out on for like ai to be honest like artificial intelligence Mm. because there's a lot of tools whereby they're helping you create content like there was a girl i can't remember her name but she was um creating like content whereby um her clothes were changing automatically but it wasn't on her as well so uh, ai tools and like metaverse kind of things will be coming um short form content is still here to stay um so you have the brands such as like youtube are really pushing youtube shorts and things like that and tiktok so at the moment really kind of focus and Mm. see if you can kind of like really hone in on like um tiktok because tiktok is now kind of put like still images now you can put some sound over it so they're doing that so really focus on that because they've got really better tools on mm. that um trends is it it's a hard one because at the moment it's still like short form video is there mm. i don't know what's happening with still images not to say that if you put stills it's not going to be effective Mm-mm. It's just that you may want to kind of pull back from that in your marketing mix, your social media calendar a little bit. Really? Just a little bit because they, the way they're pushing um, photos, it, it's, it's different. Just, to it's have different, it yeah. It's all about people want content of value, right? Mm. So things that are going to be useful for them, they're going to be saving, they're going to be sharing as well. So think about that when you're doing your social media um, strategy as well. Mm. But in terms of trends and things like that, that would be my main like tidbits. The thing about trends is they keep changing. Yeah, so, you so got, quickly. You got to keep on top of it. Yeah, very, yeah, but a lot of things have gone. I guess we say lo-fi, so it's yeah. going to be a bit more like less polished, um, and more real with content. It's again like this has been going on for a while, but it's going to be continuing. Like people want to see real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. There's a lot of things to be looking too perfect and too proper. It's gone. The, yeah, yeah. Unless you like, you're like a luxury brand and you do like the creative stuff. Like, people just want the real. Mm. I think especially during the pandemic, people just want to see real things. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, those would be my main tidbits as well. So tell us about by Jess D, your makeup brand. So how long have you had that for? So I've had by Jesty since 2019. I want to say 2017. It used to be called Power Magic. And how it came about is I love makeup. Mm. Um, I know quite a lot about makeup working as a content creator and work with brands. Mm. And it just goes all the way back to when I was a little girl and I didn't see people that looked like me. 
um, you see the one black girl, or you go to um, Boots and you have like that one brown foundation that won't be your shade. Yeah. So if you want to get your shade, you have to go to the hair shop. You don't know if sleek, it's sleek. You go buy. Yeah, sleek, yeah. or you go Doris Michaels or some of the other yeah. like brands, and yeah, they'll be your your right shade. And sometimes they have like Sasha Cosmetics, but you don't know if it's actually Sasha Cosmetics yeah. or a knockoff version, or if you want to go more the high end. Like, 13-year-old Jess didn't have, like, Chanel money. Like, I did not. Yeah. So, I didn't want women, like, like coming up to feel how I felt. Mm. Like, again, this is the word of, this is the word of my week, but, like, I didn't want them to feel invisible. Mm. Felt invisible by the industry, mm. which is really wild because black women spend the most when it comes to yeah. makeup and hair. Yeah, it's true. So I was like, this is this is a society issue. Mm. And I was just like, I want to change that. And I love makeup. And I, I want to kind of, like, not feel awkward when it comes to going to events and, like, mm. the makeup artist not having my shade or not knowing how to do my makeup. You know mm. what I mean? It's not fair. Mm. So 2017, I did some research. Um, the direction of my sister, like, going to um, trade events, understanding brands, understanding the industry... Um, and then just doing product testing, I created actually a Facebook market research group with my, with my Facebook friends. Really? Yeah, and put like branding, and back then it was going to be called like Pout Magic, so it's going to be only a lip brand, which is pre- predominantly is a lip brand, but it's not what we want it to be fully. Mm, mm. And just branding, colors, what type of products you want to do, and then I kind of put my own money, and then my family helped me as well, bootstrap it as well. I put in a lot of like ordering from like some of my manufacturers, loads of manufacturers that have come into my house, you know, testing products, testing to your house, yeah, to my house, testing products, testing branding plates and things like that. And twenty nineteen, actually, with the help of James, James told me like, why are you launching this thing? Because I was scared to launch because this was my name. I changed to buy Jesse. I trademarked it, and I was just like, what about if it fails? You know, I actually want to carry this on. And he go the pictures weren't perfect. I literally took him in my like bedroom and things like that. Yeah. And I was like, well, what about he goes he goes something around like you have all the ability to shine, so why aren't you shining? I remember when he when he said it to said it to me outside Holborn Station. I was like, James, that's that's dope. Went home, literally yeah. pressed launch on my Shopify store. And within like I think a week I sold out one of my lip shades, Rum Cake, which always sells out when I restock it, which is a kind of like a nice nude brown for all women of all skin tones. I wanted to create a brand that if you were a red, it looks great in all the different skin tones. So I worked really, really hard to do that. And since then, we were in Grazia in February. So we've got a lot of like press, like naturally, just for me networking. So Grazia Stylist, Pop Sugar, Country and Townhouse Magazine. And just kind of like people just coming to me and saying they want to review and things like that. Kind of slowed down on it because of just work. Yeah. Just work, to be honest with me. But it's my dream just for it to kind of grow and get some um, seeding, angel investment, and yeah. then really kind of grow that brand to be part of my mini projects and portfolio to grow because it's got legs. So we've spoken a little bit about your lipstick brand. Um, are you wearing it now? Yeah, I am actually. What colour is it? I'm wearing Embrace, this is our like nude, like everybody loves as well. And then I'm wearing our lip pencil, 
I'm wearing cabernet as well. Okay. Just underneath, yeah. Well, so 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 underneath your uh, makeup brand, what do you say? It's lip pencils, lipsticks. What else do you have? Eyeshadows. Eyeshadows. You wear eyeshadow too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I got like eyeshadow. Actually, I'm not wearing the eyeshadow today. I'm wearing Juvia's face, okay. but um, we do have eyeshadows. We've got two palettes, like rose, and then we have my nude as well. Okay. It's a new palette, yeah. Well, what's the process? I know you said that the manufacturers came to your house and they... No, no, I said, they sent them to my oh, house. Oh, they sent them to your house yeah. and everything. So how long did that process take for you to kind of develop your own products? <sighs> oh, my gosh. Because I'm a perfectionist, probably like a year, a year and a half. Because I just was like testing different formulations, looking at the certifications from the manufacturers as well. Because I just wanted to make sure that they were like right and then kind of get an understanding of what i wanted to launch first and mm-hmm. how much i wanted to put in because obviously me running the brand not only the social person i'm the marketing person i'm the finance person the logistics mm-hmm. and then product and everything mm-hmm. and then photographer and things like that so i work with freelancers here and there mm-hmm. to kind of do that so i'm looking for like a freelance content creator what it's wild even though i know how to do that but i haven't got the time that's that that's the problem yeah i haven't got the time i'm looking at kind of like a freelance like logistics option just to kind of like you know expand that a little bit more mm-hmm. my products are not in my house anymore like i have a storeroom which is literally about 10 minute drive from my house okay what is it because it's too much storage yeah and plus i need my house do you yeah, know what i mean yeah, like yeah. i need my house for my house yeah. so i just it's there so again order 10 minute drive, go there, pack it and everything. But again, because now I'm thinking, okay, I really actually want to take this a bit further. I have to invest a lot of money and things like that. So it's not, it's making money, it's getting the coverage, but it's not enough for me to be like a Fenty Beauty right now. Because at the moment I have to have like a good two, three like streams of income just because I'm just doing a lot. But um. It's not the stage where, okay, this is what we're doing. We have, like, a little mini office somewhere. It's not there yet, but it will get there. It's just kind of, like, looking at my priorities and seeing what I'm not going to do anymore. Yeah. And, like, kind of fall back on. So, now that's what I was in. So, this is kind of going forward. Just in, like, three years' time, what would be your main focus? What would you be doing in three years' time? Do you know, wild, you know, wildly, like, I think three years' time, I want to be a full-time content creator. That's what I want to okay. do. Because um, I really, really wrestled with that idea. But I think me working in... I also work in influencer marketing. Yeah, influencer marketing. And knowing the content creators. Okay, seeing the projects they're doing. I had to, like... When I was working, I had to take a step back. and Because I, I was getting a little bit jealous in the fact that I wanted to kind of... Really? work on that. Yeah, and it's actually a lot for me to say that. Like, I was championing the work they're doing. But it's kind of like... And some of my other influence marketing professional friends would say this that I've spoken to recently. Yeah. They're getting a bit jealous because they want to start working there and um, they want to create the content. But, so. but what type of work is it that they're doing that's making you feel like, oh, I want to be seeing this? I, like, like stuff I was doing back in the day, like being creative, like doing my like fashion videos and mm. things like that. And because mm. I have so many ideas mm. that I feel like all the work that I put in kind of amounts to something. Mm. Because then that kind of would help kind of exposure for my beauty brand. I'm not doing it for like really mostly the money. I'm doing it because I feel that's the stage in the career that I want to get to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I've done, I've done it the other way around where like content creators become consultants. I'm consultant. I just want to do like the creative outlet section of that like, work yeah. on big campaigns, be a bit more visible. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, just be a creative, I would say. Like full-time yeah. content creator. I want to do like voiceover acting as well. 
So I want to be a full-time creative, basically. You want to do voiceover acting? Yeah, I want to do that. Can you do voiceovers? I, I've done, like, obviously, I do, well, I'm on the podcast now, and I've done, like, yeah. a lot of, like, talking and panels and things like that. So I'm cool with, like, speaking, but I've done a lot of research and something I'm going to look to, like, towards the end of next year because I've got a lot of few projects coming up. So... Yeah, that's what I want to do. It's, it's really cool, like, doing ads and things like that. Do an ad, do an ad. Let's let's <laughs> let's know. Let's just see what you're like as a as a voiceover person. So there's this water, this water. I need a I need new to... water brand out for millennials specifically. Do a little. Oh do my little god! Ad. Do a little, change of do whatever you need to do. Let me. I have to. I have to drink. Yeah, taste the water. I need to get into like the mode of it. Yeah, get get into the mode. Let's. Let's hear your skills. This might be like a live audition. This might be like, Jess is talented. I need to hire her. Right. Take a sip. Do you feel that? The nice, calming, warm... Oh my God, I need to take a... No, no, it's fine. Take two. Take a sip. Do you feel that? The nice, chilly... Oh my gosh, I need to do that again. It's it's fine, it's fine. Like, this is is live, guys, so don't worry. Normally you'd be reading... Normally you'd be reading something. No, you are. I'm putting you on the spot. Here. You are putting me on the spot. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. But I just want to see. You know, you know. Sometimes voiceover um, actors do a really like particular voice, and they change their voice or their tone, or they go up or down. They change their accents. Do you do that? No, I was just gonna do like straight like ads and um, right. kind of like more consumer ads. And Understood. Kind of, that's what I was okay. gonna do. I wasn't gonna do like anything like. Um, like cartoons or anything like right. that because i'm from an advertising background mm. um if i you know on tiktok and I've, you've seen people like do this ad and like kind of like teleprompters mm. i can do it when i'm reading something not the top of my head right, so right, 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 right. Okay, so cool. i struggled a little bit guys okay. but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine it's fine it's yeah. all good it's all good well thank you so much for um coming on today to talk about like what you've been doing your career your journey your brand is there anything else that you've missed out that you want to kind of talk about and um, I guess make us aware of any projects? Um, at the moment, I am just doing panels with like um, um, a lot of agencies. So I'm talking about like um, influencer marketing, work with more black creators as well, mm. creatives and why, and understand an unconscious bias. So I worked with influencer about two days ago. So uh-huh. I went to speak to like the internal guys there and talk about why it's important to work with black creators and content creators. I'm doing a lot of speaking. I am kind of looking to kind of expand by Jesse a little bit more as well. Okay. So any investors, let me know. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it at the moment. Okay, okay. And where can people find you as well if they want to connect? Okay, so um, I'm actually really active on LinkedIn as well. So okay. you can find me on LinkedIn, Jessica Deborah, like yeah. you want to find me there. Um, on my Instagram, hi, it's Jesse and hi it's jesty on tiktok as well and for my brand by jesty on tiktok and instagram boom 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 so thank you so much for coming today thank you. and um sharing us telling a bit, bit about your journey a bit about what you do giving us some insights into social media trends what's happening what to look out for and yeah we appreciate having you thank you that was really fun yeah <laughs> thank you thank you so nice. much everyone take bye. care bye bye